here on a Thursday night. Shout out to Juniak and Thayer with Bears Weekly. We'll talk to the guys. We'll hear from the guys on Sunday for the Bears and the Lions. We'll also have a early pregame show, 8 to 10 a.m. on Sunday as we get ready for the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions this weekend in NFL action. We have a huge NFL game that's going to kick off in the next 15 minutes. Cincinnati on the road at Baltimore. Baltimore 7-3. The Bengals are 5-4. and four. This is a fantastic Thursday night game, Abdallah. Yeah, it is. It's great. I can't wait for it. I mean, obviously the rivalry is there because it's a division game, but we've also seen the Ravens have been playing really well until they get to that fourth quarter, and they've blown three leads in the fourth quarter. Real quick, FanDuel game of the night here. FanDuel game of the night. Uh, brought to you by FanDuel, obviously. Go to FanDuel.com slash Abdallah, A-B-D-A-L-L-A, and sign up today for your no-sweat same-game parlay for tonight's game. We're going under. Everyone's going over. We're going under. Under, under tonight's game. Under 46.5. We're going to go under. So I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, it should be, should be fantastic tonight. I do want to talk about the news that we saw from this afternoon. Jim Harbaugh accepts suspension from the Big Ten. So Michigan and their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, he'll be out for three games, uh, Maryland this weekend, and then the Ohio State game uh, in the final week of the regular season for Michigan. And the conference, with this agreement, will end their investigation Uh, into Michigan football. Interesting. So uh, the news today is, Mm. uh, to me, it seems like, one, uh, Michigan was not going to back down. Two, the conference would certainly like a team in the college football playoff. And I know that there's no one that said that it would necessarily deter Michigan from getting into the college football playoff. But obviously, if this thing is still going on as we head into the selection Sunday, it it would seem as if there would be a black cloud hanging over the Big Ten. Yeah, The Big Ten is giving up the investigation and Jim Harbaugh is going to be out for three weeks. And then he'll be back with the team, and that's that's it. That's the end of the biggest story in college football to yeah. date this season. Well, I mean, look, obviously they've got a game against Maryland this weekend. They should be able to handle that uh, pretty easily. The Penn State game uh, was close for a little bit, and then, you know, the Penn State effect happened where James Franklin can't win big games. The Michigan ran the ball 452 times, and they, you know, they ran away with that game, uh, and they acted as if Harbaugh died. I don't... I, To me, I don't know if it makes that big of a difference. If he was told to stay away from the team entirely for three weeks, then I could see them fighting this a little bit harder. He can still coach up until game time, right? And this is a home game against Ohio State for them. He can talk to those guys Saturday, you know, Friday night, team meeting, all that kind of stuff, whatever you want to do. It's just game day operations during the game. He can't be a part of, and it's a very big game. Um, I think if they do lose that game and it's close, they could maybe use that as an excuse as to why they lost to Ohio State. Uh, And then the Big Ten still gets their way because you would still probably get an undefeated Ohio State into that college football playoff. So the Big Ten was like, okay, you're going to sit out three games. We'll end the investigation because if they went through with this investigation – and it comes out that more teams are doing this, like Michigan produced the evidence that said other teams were sharing their signs. That's collusion, my friend, uh, where, you know, Purdue and a couple other schools in the Big Ten were actually sharing the signs of Michigan with each other. Then that's a bigger problem for the Big Ten. 
than it is just one school going rogue and doing this on their own. So they said, all right, we'll end the investigation. You sit out three games. Michigan and Harbaugh were like, okay, we'll sit out three games. And then I can coach in the Big Ten championship game. I can coach in the playoff game if we get there. All that kind of stuff. So I think it works out. It conveniently works out for both sides. Well, right. And like that's what I think is so amusing about this whole story. From the start, it, it seemed like people were predicting Armageddon in the Big Ten. That, that every team would, would be able to expose Michigan football for the frauds that they are. And yep. there's no way they can win a championship. <laughs> and there's no way that Jimbo will be uh, coaching for the Wolverines ever again. And how dare how they? How dare you? How dare they? Um, it all uh, just goes away now. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's uh, yeah. Other teams do it. Uh, have other teams been caught the way that Michigan was caught with a guy on the sideline wearing goofy glasses trying to cheat? <laughs> no, they haven't. But essentially, to me, this is a slap on the wrist, no big deal if that, man. response by the Big Ten. And I, I think it's where the Big Ten is putting ahead its own overall uh, pursuit for a championship ahead of the complaints of the other members. Yeah. Because I'm sure this doesn't sit well in Madison and in Iowa City, and in uh, Columbus. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are Big Ten schools who are upset that this is all it is. For all the conversation, for all the conjecture, from everything that we've seen for the last month and a half about Michigan football and this scandal, this is such a nothing burger when it comes to college football scandals. Oh, yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, like, really, think back to the legendary scandals of college football yesteryear. Uh, Miami, the U, uh, USC in the past, SMU. You know there there have been college football teams that they've removed banners, they've removed championships. There have been major scandals in college football. This is such a nothing that he's not able to be on the sidelines for yeah. three games, well, but he is allowed to coach in the week. Like you mentioned, it's not a big deal at all. I do understand the difference, right? The difference with that and and the situation at Michigan is one is guys getting paid to go to the school or whatever it is, their parents or whatever it is, right? All the situations have been different. This is cheating at the game. This is like, you know, Spygate with the Patriots. This is, you know, this is affecting the actual play on the field. And one could argue that paying for someone to come to your school does affect the play on the field because if you didn't pay for that kid, they might not be at your school. Like if USC didn't pony up the money for Reggie Bush, maybe he goes to a different school. I, like I hate when you do thing. this. USC did not pay Reggie Bush. Oh my God. You know what I mean? But I just, I, I hate that you, you know do that. what I mean. You but know you're what wrong. I mean. That's you know not what, I mean. what happened. Okay, what happened? A booster paid. Or a house Did Reggie or Bush get paid to go to USC? No, he didn't. Okay. You're wrong in that. Look is, it up. It, did the result... He should still have his Heisman. Did the result of it lead to him going to USC? No, he's a stud. He was going to go to SC no matter what. Oh, yeah? Absolute stud. What if Michigan Pete would have bought him a, t- a house? No, no. What if Alabama would have bought him a house? No, 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 no. You're huh? wrong on that. You can okay. give other examples, but you're you wrong on that You said USC one. yourself. No, I'm saying that was a scandal. The banners were taken away. You Championships were taken away. You Trophies s- were taken away. That to I'm not me, saying that it was that. That to me is different than what happened at Michigan. I can understand. I don't care. Listen, I don't care either way. It doesn't matter to me. It happens. And now it happens above board, the paying of athletes, whether it's a house or money, whatever you want. That's fine. I don't care. 
None of this matters. If Jim Harbaugh is a candidate for the uh, Bears job, all the better. I hope he is. I hope he gets the job. That doesn't matter to me. We can take calls until the sun comes up about, I don't want Harbaugh because he supposedly cheated at Michigan. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Everyone does it. He got caught. That's it. That's a difference. I think the the one thing to look at with Michigan, though, is now in the next two weeks, they have to win to get into the playoff. I, I think if they lose in the game against Ohio State two weeks from now, I don't think they get into the playoff because no. their strength of schedule is so weak that they haven't played the caliber of teams that everyone else at the top of the board. And, and right now, like heading into the final two weeks, there's, I think, anywhere between seven and ten teams that are undefeated in college football. We haven't seen that in a long time. Usually you get three or four. You don't get seven undefeated teams that all have an argument to be in the final four for the playoff. I think any of the teams in the top four right now that lose might not make it. Even Georgia. Because if Georgia loses to Alabama uh, in the SEC championship game, then I think you can look at their schedule and say, okay, you beat Ole Miss in Tennessee. And what else? Well, Georgia's strength of schedule is worse than Michigan's. Michigan is 65th. Mm -hmm. Georgia is 77th. That's where a one-loss Alabama team, you beat Georgia at the SEC championship, your strength of schedule is 19. I think Alabama gets in. Oh, yeah. You look at a team like Ohio State, has it been the toughest schedule? No, but it's 37. 37 is a bit more respectable than 77. Well, look at Texas, too. Texas has uh, one of the best wins against Alabama. Texas' strength of schedule is 12. Mm -hmm. So Texas, if they can win out, they have an absolute chance to get into the college football playoff. Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon's 57. Ole Miss is 2. Now, Ole Miss is a different situation because they won't have an opportunity to get there. So Ole Miss isn't going to be in the combo. I'm trying to look at someone else who can maybe sneak in. We're looking at, like, Washington is 44. But the, Washington- best, the best of the group is Texas. If Texas can win out, I think Texas might get in. Texas could get in. I think Washington, obviously, if they win out, I think they get in because they're an underdog this week on the road against Oregon State. And then they also have Oregon one more time. Uh, and if they beat them again, then they could get in as well as a one. I think there's a potential for all these one-loss teams that if all these undefeated schools find a way to lose, that they could get in. So there you have it. Harbaugh will be suspended for three games. The conference will end the investigation, and that's it. That's the end of the story. We'll uh, talk with the Fat Jack coming up next to preview the gambling weekend. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. We'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. It's time to talk with the Fat Jack. Here comes the money. Ready to fatten up your winnings? You got something to eat up in there? We home. Money, money, money. The best football picks. Give Jack a call at 800-298-1383 or FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack feeds you his picks now. Get in my belly. On Black and Abdallah. Here comes the money. That's right. Sign up today. FatJackSports.com or call 800-298-1383. Jack, how'd you do last week? Yeah, last week was actually one of those weeks why why I've been doing this for 27 years. and kind of... It shows the difference between myself and everybody else. After three weeks in a row of a $100 player making $600, $800, and $500, 
to over $2,000 in football. This last week, we had everything go wrong that possibly could. Uh, we had uh, Green Bay missed an extra point, didn't cover by half a point. We had Baltimore that had a 93 win pers- uh, expectancy. We had over on Monday night when they missed two extra points and had three different pick six. So all of that went wrong. It was a bad week, and guys, a $100 player lost $50. That is why you sign up at FatJackSports.com, because a good, a good week, you make a ton of money. A bad week, when, when you get a ton of bad luck, which variance in sports gambling is a thing, because you can't predict and get turnovers, can't predict and get injuries. When those things happen, you do not want to fall off a cliff. You want to get back 50 bucks, basically, of your $100 player. That's what happened this week. We went about five out of every six weeks on average. It's a $99 football weekend. Go to FatJackSports.com. 99 bucks for football through Monday. 169 football and hoops through Monday. Great time to get signed up. As I said, we had a lot of bad luck last week. Still only lost 50 bucks. So excited about this week at FatJackSports.com. Ready to make some more money. Jack, we talked a lot last night about the Ravens and how good they've been this year despite losing those three games in the fourth quarter. They have a Thursday night home game tonight against the Bengals. They're a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This should finally be a very good Thursday night football game, two very good teams. What do you think of this one tonight? Yeah, I mean, the uh, part-time unders have been very ridiculously um, uh, profitable, 25-7 and to the under in prime times. 11 in a row uh, primetime games have gone under the total, 15 of the last 16 primetime games. So you initially would think under in this one, but I do think there will be more offense. Baltimore has opened up their offense a little bit more. Burroughs is certainly healthy. They're playing better offensively. Burroughs really good as an underdog. So, you know, you guys know how I feel about Baltimore. Um, they were the best long-shot candidate to make it to the Super Bowl by the end of the year. I don't think they're, they're ready to do that right now, but I don't really need them to. I just need to make the playoffs, and I'll hedge out of 20-1 to 1 or so uh, two or three times before we even get to the big game. But Burroughs 9-1 and one against the spread as an underdog is last 10. Um, in Baltimore, uh, 10 of their last 12 have gone under. So it's such a, And I do think that, Balt, that Baltimore, all they can handle tonight, this game's been fluctuating around between three and four. I'd probably lean towards Cincinnati. Better play on the over, though. This game opened at 44. The Sharks have played the over in this game, and uh, it continues to go up a little bit. But expect some more points with Burrow being healthy and uh, him getting a few of his weapons back, and Baltimore opened up their offense. So I like over the totals the best play and a lean towards Cincinnati plus the points. Jack, the big news here in Chicago is Justin Fields will play this weekend. The Bears face off against the Lions. The Lions are a heavy favorite. Do the Bears have any chance in this contest in Detroit this weekend? Well, I tell you, Dan Campbell's been incredibly good as a a starting head coach. In fact, historically good. Since 1990, 115 coaches have 50-plus games of head coaching experience. All right, So there's 115 guys that have had that, been in that where they've coached 50-plus games. Dan Campbell has the best against the spread record of all of them. So he is a money-making machine if you're talking about as it relates to the line. Uh, the Bears' defense has been the Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, at first they were horrible. Now they're playing good defense, and, and that will keep them in this game, I think. I think there's some value here. Uh, Chicago plus the points. I don't think anybody wants to walk up and play against Dan Campbell. Against Detroit at home. Uh, nobody. It feels. It feels coming back. I mean, that's like me eating a salad right before I go to the buffet here in Bacchanal. I mean, who cares? I mean, he's back, but has he been any good? I mean, he's been the least most profitable quarterback in the league since he's come in. Uh, really, really not good against the number. 
But I do think their defense is playing better. And anytime you get over a touchdown, that is a runaway and high type game. Detroit eight and one against the spread. Their last night at home. I would lean toward Chicago here. I think the back door is open, and frankly, a public play versus. Uh, I think there will be some sharps. There are a few sharps that like Chicago. This number ballooned up at eight. Now it's working back down toward Chicago. So lean toward Chicago. Also lean toward the under. Anytime they're a dog, I'm going to ask you about them, Jack. The Pittsburgh Steelers head to Cleveland. No Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to start for the Browns. They are a one and a half point favorite at home. The total 32 and a half, the lowest total on the board this week by far. Is this a good spot to grab Tomlin or the Browns, the uh, sharp play? Yeah, I mean, if you had Robinson and Danny DeVito playing quarterback at this point in the year, preseason on your bingo card, you probably got a bingo. Um, Cleveland, you know, you've got you've got uh, Cleveland not not getting anything done offensively for the most part anyway. Uh, Watson has been was not good before he even got hurt, so I think that's another one of those kind of lateral moves. I mean, they're going to try to run the ball and play defense, but anytime you get Tomlin as an underdog, uh, twenty three and seven against the spread as an underdog in divisional games. So he gets even tighter. Uh, and the, the value went away when they announced Watson out. This thing was up four, four and a half. Now it's down to one. Actually jumped the fence for a little bit. Pittsburgh was a favorite. Um, better play on the under. I don't know where the offense comes from. Six in the last seven, Pittsburgh. I, mean, I do know where it comes from if it comes at all. And it's from turnovers. Um, they, Cleveland would have to get some really, really short fields to get this total over the 38, 38 and a half. 60% of all NFL games have gone under this year. So uh, under has been a pretty safe play when you get teams like this. Seven of the last eight Cleveland games also have gone under. Uh, Pittsburgh has covered six of their last nine in the series. That goes back to Tomlin's uh, record as an underdog in uh, divisional games. Pittsburgh also the only team that has this many wins this year that's been outgained in every single game. I mean, that just shows how good Tomlin is, that they're being outgained offensively and he's still figuring out a way to win the majority. And uh, So I would lean toward Pittsburgh, but definitely a better play on the under. Jack, how do you explain Minnesota? They've won five in a row, many of these games, without Kirk Cousins, and they seem to be in prime position to make a playoff run. How do you make of uh, the Vikings? And, and they face off against the Broncos on Sunday night football. Vikings, Broncos yeah. this weekend. So I swear, by the way, Sharps asking the exact same question out here. They've been beating the drum against Minnesota and losing a bunch of money. I have not done that. I thought it was a bad idea to begin with because Dobbs was good, and he, he did, was good on very little rest throughout his career. Now, here's my problem. I've sworn off betting Denver. Four against. I'm, I'm sick of Denver. Denver's defense also, like Chicago, has had two different, totally different seasons. They're now playing much, much better. But if I have to watch Sean Payton basically read Moby Dick is out of his play sheet, it takes 15, 20 seconds for him to read the play. They go up, <laughs> Russell Wilson says, check with me. And then he hands the ball off and they lose three yards running into the middle of the line. Spread. I, I can't watch that, at least for a week or two, unless I have my heart medication. So I'm not betting on or against Denver because they are covering some numbers right now. Minnesota, as you said, 5-0 and against the spread their last five. But they're doing it on the backup quarterback. And most sharp guys think those days are numbered, that they're going to start not covering these games. I'm not playing either side of that game. I can't stand it. Uh, the, a better spot, look for some of these double-digit favorites to take care of business home. Dallas against Carolina. Dallas has been incredibly good. When, when Dak Prescott plays teams with a winning record, over 70% of the time. Carolina is the poster child of a losing record, losing team. Dallas won't have to bring blitz packs. Similar to the Giants game, I expect them to draw off and win easily. 
Jack, a uh, a battle of, I mean, not really bottom feeders because the Texans have been playing really well. They're in playoff contention right now. They're in a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the, the Cardinals this weekend. The Cardinals, you know, Kyler Murray is back. Do you think this is still a good spot to jump on the Texans? I don't. I think now that the band, band wagon is getting pretty full, it's probably a good time to not jump on, on the Texans. Uh, Arizona... Um, getting their quarterback back, they should play better. There's better spots because there's a lot of variables. This time of year, you want to stay away from as many variables as possible, uh, many unknowns. Anytime you get Kyler Murray back, I mean, he might play like the Kyler Murray of old. There might be some rust. And Houston's quarterback outperforming the market and out projecting what anybody thought they would do. How long does that continue? Arizona's been really stingy as far as covering a bunch of numbers, even early in the year when everybody said they were tanking. I would stay away from that one. If I did play it, I would play Arizona plus the points. Jack, the Raiders have won two in a row. It feels like they have some of that good old-school Raiders swag back to them. Uh, But they face off on the road against Miami. Miami is a big-time favorite in this game. I'm seeing almost two touchdowns uh, in some places. Can the Raiders keep this game close against an explosive Miami Dolphins offense? Do the Raiders have some swag? The Raiders fired their head coach, went to a backup quarterback, and played the state of New York. I mean, the, the, the state of New York couldn't beat the three of us. All right, we get out there and run the option against the state of New York. We win three to two. All right, and so yeah, I don't think they've got any swag back, and I think that's going to be proven this week. This is my play of the week. I'm nine and one in the uh, uh, beat the odds plays of the week. I'm nine and one the last ten, and I, this is my play of the week. I think that we're going to find out that it's not as easy as just to fire your head coach and go to the backup quarterback. It helps when you play. Uh, bad teams, and that's exactly what they got against uh, against both of the New York teams. Miami also has been very, very predictable in these type of, and actually spots, period. Over the last 13 months, this is a Dolphins team that when they play teams with a higher than 4.5, uh, 4.450 win percentage, so basically win half of their games. And I understand Las Vegas falls into that, but I'm really having trouble counting the last two wins. But when they play, when the Dolphins play a winning team, basically, they are 0-10 against the spread. 0-10. Think about that. Winning teams the last 13 months, 0-10 against the spread. When they play teams since October 22 with below a .400 win percentage, they're 10-0 against the spread. So they play bad teams, they win and cover easily. They play good teams, they lose or they lose and or don't cover. I put the Vegas in the, in the bad category. Just because you beat the state of New York, I don't think you figured anything out. So uh, sign me up for Miami. I think that's one of those midway through the third quarter. We're like, why didn't we bet the house on that one? I actually like, I like uh, Miami big. Something's fishy about this uh, Seahawks and Rams line. The Rams only a point underdog. They are at home. But you would think that Seattle would be a bigger favorite in this game because of how bad the Rams have been. They've lost, you know, they've only won three games. They've lost four out of their last five. Is is it crazy to take the Seahawks or is Vegas like begging me saying, please take the Seahawks. We want your money. Well, historically, again, it's not a great one, but historically, LA outperforms. They cover these this game. I mean, they're nine and two against the spread. Their last eleven in this series when it's played in LA. So that lack of home field, you think Seattle would come would follow, really hasn't panned out. LA's done really well against the number at home in this series. As I said, nine and two. Uh, four of the last five have gone under the total in this series as well. Lower scoring games, you typically think underdog. That's about the only way the Rams can win games right now. They're not going to score a ton of points. They don't have a great offensive line, very little running game. Uh, defense is, is you know, shoddy. Uh, and so they're, they're, they're needing to 
I play teams that go three and out a lot. I think they'll get enough pressure on the Seattle's quarterback uh, to keep the game close. But um, I, I, there's better spots. I go under the tall, under the 44 in that one. I lean toward the Raiders plus the point, or excuse me, the, the Rams plus the point. Um, Monday night is the, the other one that I think a lot of people are going to want to play. Yeah. And people need to understand that Kansas City, in the second half this year, they're 9-0 and to the under, and they've averaged 5.9 points per game in the second half. This is not the, the offense that everybody's come to know and love. And I understand Philadelphia's secondary is banging up, but I would be very, very careful. And Sharps, including myself, are on the under in this game. As, as we talked about, primetime unders have been stupid successful at this point. Uh, also a lean toward Philly plus the points on Monday. Jack, did you see the 49ers last week prove to everyone that they really are a top team in the NFL and the NFC, but it's, it's just three losses. Don't really worry about it. They flexed their muscles last week in Jacksonville. No, I didn't see that. We talked about it last week. I mean, I, I, I saw I, I saw a Jacksonville team that was overvalued based on who they played and went in the turnover battle. And so um, I, I, San Francisco certainly better than Jacksonville. They're certainly better than Tampa. Yeah. Um, but are they ready? Are we ready to, to uh, would I be making reservations for Vegas if I was a San Francisco fan? I would wait another game or two. Uh, I think that inconsistency is really the word of the day. When, you, when you're banged up or you have some injuries, you've got to play better at quarterback than they're going to be firing out there. So they need to stay really, really healthy. Uh, they are 10-1 against the spread, their last 11 at home. Uh, Double-digit favorites in the NFL also been very productive, very profitable uh, for the most part over the last five years or so. Um, not not uh, 16, 17 or more, not been great, but when you get double-digit favorites, generally speaking, you, this time of year especially, you want to look toward the favorite. Tampa needs to win low-scoring games, playing great defense, um, not putting Baker Mayfield in bad spots. When you're down two touchdowns in the second quarter in San Francisco, you have to put Baker Mayfield in some bad spots. I think uh, Dallas and the Giants type game in this one. I think this is one of those where the Giants will be fine if they're playing teams they can stay close against, but the minute it gets out of hand, you have to put a quarterback in uncomfortable spots that he is not performing well at. So I go ahead and lay the double digits, double digits in place play the 49ers. Off of that question about the 49ers proving something, I want to go to Saturday. Did Georgia prove something last week against Ole Miss? They're a 10.5-point favorite on the road against Tennessee. Like, this is the kind of – like, Georgia's done this the last couple of years where they kind of sleepwalked at the beginning of the season, and then they're like, oh, the college football playoff rankings are coming out. Time to turn it on. And now they're the number one team in the country again, and they're, like I said, a 10.5-point favorite. Is this a good spot to grab Georgia? Yeah, I, I would say that that's what – the Sharks, by the way, are on Georgia here. I do not think it's a great time to add to, to Georgia. I would play Tennessee. They're Tennessee 9-1 against the spread, their last 10 at home. They typically keep things close. And I do think the gap is closed between Georgia and the rest of college, the top tier. College. They're still the best team. Make no mistake about it. Not because of what they've done in the last two years in the body of work, but because they are um, – they're just better. Top to bottom, they're better. Um, but that gap is closed. They're not, it's not as much as it was. The playoffs should be very, very interesting. And I do think this is a spot, especially in Knoxville, where you could you could find some value here, especially wait until right before kickoff. General public will keep pounding that number up. And Tennessee, as I said, very good at home. Doing it with defense for the most part. Look for a lower scoring game in this one. That also uh, will benefit the uh, underdog getting double digits. So I take Tennessee plus the point. Jack, when our listeners go to your website and sign up today at fatjacksports.com, what would they receive? 
Yeah, $99 weekend. I run this once a month or so. It's 99 bucks all the football through Monday. Last time, if you had done this in October, you won about 700 bucks. So $99, fatjacksports.com, 169 football and basketball. Everything's emailed to you. Don't call. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just go to the website, sign up, put in your information. You'll immediately be sent the most, the latest plays we have, and you'll be in the system to make money through Monday. Want to go to the end of the month? It's only 249 for football. 349 football and basketball to make money all the way past Thanksgiving, betting the games against the spread at fatjacksports.com. Thank you, Jack. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Jack. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. We'll see you soon. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. We're keeping our eyes on the Bengals and the Ravens facing off tonight. Ravens 7-3, first quarter action. Good game, two of the better teams in the AFC. And I think the we talked last night, the Ravens... Some of the stats on the Ravens are suggesting that they're one of the best teams that we've seen in quite some time, even though they have three losses so far on the season. Yeah. Probably turn my mic on. That's a fine. Wow. Wrong show. Wow. Going after Yurko earlier today, and Wrong you just show. pulled a Yurko moment. I was watching the game were you that falling we're talking asleep? about. Sitting no, I'm, watch, I'm literally watching the game. It's Blocking Doll. We take football very seriously here on the show, and that's why we talk to Chauncey each week. Winners, Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the frozen tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black and Abdullah. Chauncey's Football Picks. You can listen to Chauncey's Great Outdoors from 6 to 7 a.m. Saturday mornings right here on ESPN 1000. And Chauncey's Picks are brought to you by Mobile Warming by Field Shear. Abdallah, how has Chauncey done to this point this Chauncey, season? Chauncey, one and one last week. It's okay. One and one last robbed. week. I got robbed. No, oh, no, robbed. Well, yeah, because he had the Falcons, so he thought he got robbed. Uh, one and one last week. <laughs> 18 and 10 on the year, though. That's still, that's nothing Strong. to sneeze at. Come on. Strong, Chauncey. Thank you very much, guys. But I'm, I'm not kidding. I got robbed with the Falcons because it was a two points. Two points. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. All right, Chauncey, as we look to this week, it starts with tonight's matchup. Bengals-Ravens. We know the score is already early. It's 7-3, but there's still time for both sides. So we think it's still valuable to have a pick here. Bengals-Ravens, who wins in this matchup? Well, you, you, we all know what a Bengal tiger is. And we've talked about their size, their things, their stealth, their, their ambush critters, etc. But the Raven is the smartest critter in the woods. And the Ravens are going to pull this one out. Okay. All right. Got going you down. Ravens. Raven. Going Ravens. Yep. Our it. very own Bears are in a matchup against the Lions. Bears and Lions. <sighs> oh, no. Well, you know, we all know what a, the Bears are like. You know, we're talking about not grizzly bears. We're talking about black bears. And uh, you know they're you know large animals. They got big, strong arms. They can, they they can't catch a ball real well because their front claws are curled in. But they can if they somebody hands them a ball, they can run with the ball. So they're they're okay with that. Uh, but then you know you got the lions. You know the lions can jump higher than a bear. They uh, outweigh a bear. They uh, their claws are 
properly put where they can rip a bear apart. And uh, if they do tackle a bear, as long as they don't go for the, the neck, the, the bear will get up and play another game. If they go for the neck, they'll kill the bear right away. That's how it goes, the nature. I'm going with the Lions, guys. All right, ah, Lions, Lions. The Lions. Got the Lions down for the pick. And then uh, one last game this week, Seahawks and Rams. Seahawks and Rams. You know, and I like the Rams because we've talked about them. You know, they're sure-footed, they're this, they're that. But, you know, their their maximum jump is maybe six, seven feet they can do. Uh, they're very muscular, they are. But you're playing against a team that plays air ball. The Seahawks are going to outdo them air ball-wise. They're going to be hanging above them. They'll be at the 8-, 10-foot level where the Rams can't get them. Catch that ball with one claw, down line. That's what it's going to be. Seahawks. Seahawks. All right. All Seahawks, right. Seahawks. The pick. Uh, Chauncey, we told a story yesterday during the Zoo News segment of a yeah. lion that got loose and was just roaming around an Italian city. Uh, like, we know with bears, like, what, you're supposed to, like, play dead, aren't you? Is that well, what you're supposed to do? You, you don't play dead. You basically curl up into a ball and let him bang the your body with his claws, and you're you're protecting your most vulnerable areas, your chest, your throat, you know, and that's why you roll curling a ball and play dead. Okay. What you do know. you do for a lion? Uh, run. Run. <laughs> Pretty much run because, uh, you know, their strength, they're, they're literally, I mean, they grab a hold of you, they crunch down, you're done. Oh, that's not you're good. Done. I mean, and like I said, when I, I wasn't exaggerating, you know, uh, you'll see the lions on many nature films where they, they grab the back. Well, that's just on the Serengeti to pull them down and all the other lines go for the jugular, the neck, and the soft belly tissue and just rip them up and you know, go to the deli tray. <laughs> <laughs> that's grisly. You know? Chauncey, right. what's coming up on the show all this right. weekend? Saturday from 6 to 7 a.m. This Saturday we've got two gentlemen that won the uh, Illinois Walleye Tournament Trail down on the Illinois River about two weeks ago. Did a great job. Uh, the average fish was like almost three and a half to four pounds. And then I've got a lovely girl coming on the uh, program. I think she's 21. Um, her name is Berkeley uh, Hayes. She shot her first deer with a bow and arrow. She's hunted with a, a shotgun and caught, shot many deer. And she goose hunts and she turkey hunts. And she's probably field-dressed and and. Oh, what do you call it, uh, process butchering hundreds of deer, hundreds hmm. of deer. And uh, she is just absolutely a sweet and a beautiful young woman, just a beautiful young woman, loves to fish. I mean, it's like she could even back up a, uh, a fishing boat on a pickup truck in down the ramp. This is a girl you don't want to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chance, we'll be listening Saturday morning, 6 to 7 a.m. Thank you. All right, thank you much, guys. There he is, Chauncey. Winners, Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the frozen tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black and Abdullah. And Chauncey's Animal Picks are brought to you by Mobile Warming by FieldShare. Yeah, head to FieldShare.com. 
Use promo code ESPN25. It's mobile warming you control with your fingertips. They've got socks. They've got gloves. They've got jackets. They've got vests. They've got pants. They've got whatever you need for all your outdoor needs, whether you work outside, whether you're just snow blowing the driveway, whether you're tailgating, whatever it is. It is stadium approved, and it is awesome. Head to fieldshear.com. Use promo code ESPN25 for 25% off the entire website. Get all your gear. It's, it's good to get. Listen, Thanksgiving, the high, 25 degrees. I told you that. I told you that earlier today. I was like, look at next Thursday. You should probably get some for those uh, those turkey bowls when you're out there. Everybody else is going to be freezing. You're going to be like, guess what? I'm warm. Well, you know, you know what's going to happen. Thanksgiving hits on Thursday. What takes place on Friday? Everyone starts shopping. Mm-hmm. Everyone starts holiday shopping. Mm-hmm. This gear from Field Shear, the mobile warming technology. Yeah, you got your jacket right there. It is fantastic, and it's an easy gift. Yeah, the gloves a gift. You know, like if you're in the uh, if if you're in a gift exchange, you need to hit a, a certain maximum price or minimum price. You got to get to that point. The the gear people will use it. It's warm and oh, yeah. it's cool. I wear my jacket all the time. I yeah, love it. It's great. So uh, check it out. Mobile warming by Field Share. And what's the promo code, Abdallah? ESPN two five for twenty five percent off the entire website. Yeah, check it out. Uh, let's see. Do I have the old timey music here? <laughs> oh yes, I do. Oh, there we go. Yes, Chris. Uh, yeah. I saw this story last week, Abdallah. I've What's been holding on to this. What's new in the papers? What's new in the trades today? I want to know if you had a, a thought on this. Did you uh, see the story about the inverted Jenny? The what? You know, Chris, I have once dated an inverted Jenny. <laughs> she, we were outside. I was young. We were both young whippersnappers. We were in high school. I took her. Yeah. I took her on a swing. She was a regular Jenny. She went over the bars. All of a sudden, she was an inverted Jenny. <laughs> an inverted Jenny is a misprint of a stamp that was created to uh, give a nod to the regular airmail service. Ah, okay. So the stamp itself is upside down. Oh, I gotcha. This inverted Jenny, this stamp from 1918. Yeah. Recently sold for $2 million at auction. $2 million? <laughs> you know what you could buy with $2 million? Some more socks New because York your socks City. were just knocked off with that. Uh, but you, you did knock my socks off. I could buy the entire city of New York. All of New York City could be mine for $2 million. The inverted Jenny, these stamps are extremely rare. Hmm. Only about 100 of them were sold to the public. Oh. This one has been kept in a safety deposit box for decades, and it was just sold for $2 million. $2 million? Look at it. It's upside down. That's an upside down airplane. That's an inverted Jenny. You know what we used to do with the... Uh, I once saw a boxer, Chris. I once saw this boxing match, and this boxer, he hit yeah. another... He, it, was, it, was, it was old... Iron Fist McGillicuddy. Old Iron Fist McGillicuddy. Watch out for his first jab. It'll knock you out. He was fighting two tall Jones. Two tall Jones, only three and a half feet tall. Short guy. Shortman is what he was. He was a shortman. (laughs) And he hit him. The shortman, two tall Jones, hit him with an inverted jetty. Do you know what that is? You know where you hit him with an inverted jetty? Upside down punch. No, it's that area underneath. He connects the two. Hit him right there in the inverted jetty. Knocked him cold. Knocked his socks off right there. Never boxed again. What's a more modern term for the inverted Jenny? I don't know if I could say it on this, Ray. I might get kicked. Marconi might come after me, Chris. He might come after me and say, you're done broadcasting, sir. So the stamp shows an upside down biplane, uh, the Jenny, and it's inverted because it was printed wrong. 
This stamp was kept in a safety deposit box for decades. It was just sold at auction for $2 million. The stamp is from 1918. So there you go, doll. The inverted Jenny. It's not what we used to call the inverted Jenny, I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Thanks to Jack McGrath and to Jake Cantu for producing tonight's show. Black and Dalt will be back tomorrow night right here on ESPN 1000. It will be Friday night calls, 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. So hang out with us tomorrow night. All calls welcome on a Friday night with Black and Dalt here on ESPN 1000. Oh, good. We have a song of the night coming up before we uh, end the show. But quickly, first, John and Schaumburg, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, John? Hey, guys, I originally had a two-pronged soccer question for you, but since we're running out of show, I'll just leave sure. the other one for another day. Uh, I wasn't even going to call today, but at the end of Waddle and Sylvie, they were talking about what's going to be on TV tonight. And, of yeah. course, the NFL mm-hmm. is king. Mm-hmm. I'm not naive. And the Blackhawks deserve to be second. But then Waddle started saying a bunch of obscure college football games. And I was going to say, is there any – I guarantee those – Waddle and Sylvie, obviously not soccer guys, but I guarantee they're not even aware that our yep. national team is playing oh, yeah. in five minutes. I bet they don't even know. Yeah, mm-hmm. the game's on TNT tonight. John, what? and ask Abdallah, how many times have I told you that I already texted Shay Norling to find out is the U.S. men's national team game going to be on at the bar that he's doing trivia at today. Yeah, he's at Avenue oh, Tap. Did he, yeah. did he even answer you? Yeah, he, he told me to blank off. Yeah. He oh, said, what is wrong with you? Why would you want to watch well, that? can't get one TV on the U.S. men's national team. Right. Come on. I was, especially because this isn't a friendly. This is a for nation. Yes. Yes. I was going to ask, Abdallah, you've lived overseas. I know you were born in Egypt, right, and lived in Saudi Arabia, maybe a couple other places. Even though we're, we're better than those countries. Yeah. But, would would it would your national team be playing on a day anywhere else in the world and like oh yeah it'd be huge it'd be huge know. it would be a much right. bigger no, deal it'd be people huge people don't even know and that's why I think we're never going to win the World Cup that's fair that. John call again uh, tomorrow right we got to get to the song of the night sounds good all right there is. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... I'm all about the soccer tonight. There's no dial. I'm worried. I want to watch yeah, the game. Just an ex- uh, Is it going to be on in the crank bar? Crank the volume because it's time for... You got to go to find out. Song of the night. Yo, later. Tonight's song, we go to Better Than Ezra. Good. From 1993. Each night, usually around 6.50, but tonight we're a little late. Song of the night. With Blake and Dollar. Always
listening to Good by Better Than Ezra off nice the album song. Deluxe. Uh, so here you go. This is uh, mainly uh, a little tip of the cap to the uh, Gen Xers out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe some elder millennials as well. I love this song. How about this? Deluxe, the album from Better Than Ezra, was released on this date in 1993, wow. which was 30 years ago today. Oof, I'm old. I'm old. It's a great song. It's a great album. Uh, it's a song actually about positive ends to a breakup. Oh, that's so, like, nice. The singer, he just he, he had a simple four-chord progression. They kind of modeled it after like R.E.M. and Bob Dylan. I'm reading this directly off of the uh, Wikipedia page. And, good uh, research. Yeah, said he uh, he wanted to focus on the good things that happened at the end of a relationship. And, of course, it spawned one of my favorite Norm MacDonald jokes of all time. And that is? Which is, the college charts are out and coming in at number one at the end of the year is better than Ezra. Coming in at number two, Ezra. <laughs> Hey, you, you hit the cadence. That was good. Thank, I love Norm McDonald. You practiced it. I could tell you that I could good. tell Norm McDonald jokes all day. He's so he was so good. <laughs> nothing nothing was better than Norm on uh weekend update. He's, no, he's number one He's hands the down. absolute best. Number and if this is a, a way to talk about Norm McDonald, then fine. Yeah. He is the best. Especially if you look up the uh the years that the OJ Simpson trial was going on. So good. And the jokes that Norm had around that, they were fantastic. Yeah. All right, better than Ezra. Good. Your song of the night. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ex- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports.